Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's been a long time coming. And I, as I said before, these, this is just opens a lot of brand new doors for the state of Mississippi. And it, it just, the world gets to see us for who we really are, whatever that may be, but it won't be under the color of that flag. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, June 29th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... So let's pass this because it's the right thing to do. Let's show the other 49 states that we have undergone a metamorphosis. The Mississippi legislature sends a bill to the governor to replace the state flag. Plus, reactions from Mississippians on the historic decision to remove the Confederate emblem from the state's official banner. Then, what one Mississippi mayor is doing to combat the recent spike in coronavirus cases. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. By a vote of 37 to 14, the bill passes. After 126 years, Mississippi will have a new state flag. Capping a momentous weekend, the Senate finalized the legislature's efforts to remove the current banner with the Confederate battle flag with a a 37 to 14 vote on House Bill 1796 Sunday. The vote in both chambers Sunday came after efforts Saturday to suspend the rules to negotiate and introduce new legislation, requiring a two-thirds supermajority in both houses. The rules vote laid the path for the historic change. Democrat Robert Johnson of Natchez is the House Minority Leader. Following the suspension of the rule Saturday, he told our Desiree Frazier it's been a long time coming. I'm just, I'm just glad we're able to get it done. Uh, it's been a long time coming. And I, as I said before, these, this has just opened a lot of brand new doors for the state of Mississippi. And it, it just, the world gets to see us for who we really are, whatever that may be, but it won't be under the color of that flag. What did it take, how much negotiation did it take for you to persuade people to move? It took, what a lot of people think that all this happened as a result of things that were happening in the country. We, the number of us, uh, starting with young, younger, more freshmen legislators, started working on this issue uh, at least a month ago and starting the conversation. But to get it going, it took a lot of talk with the help of the Speaker and other leadership, negotiation with senators and other, uh, other uh, non-favorable leaders who didn't think this was a good time, talking to them. It took a great deal of time, late nights, and in the midst of all our appropriations and ways and means and, and policy negotiations, in the midst of that, we had to continue to talk about this, and we got it done. 
Senate Minority Leader Derek Simmons said he saw the vote to move forward to move forward as an opportunity for Mississippians to come together for something great. My grandfather gave me my first job cutting job cutting yards in Mississippi Delta. And my father, who's not here just like my grandfather, always told me how important it is for me to enjoy in the rights and privileges of fellow Mississippians. And today is a day where I feel like all Mississippians could really be a part of something great for tomorrow. We can forget about yesterday. The vote today is a vote for tomorrow. Lawmakers entered the halls of the legislature Sunday afternoon with nearly full galleries and the eyes of the nation on them. In a 91 to 23 vote, the bill quickly passed the House and was immediately released to the Senate. House Speaker Philip Gunn addressed the press shortly thereafter. The future has taken root in the present today. Today we find and today we and the rest of the nation can look on our state with new eyes, with pride and hope. There are many in this capital and our state who have earned the right to speak on this occasion far more than I have. We heard from some of them yesterday. We saw sons weep with fathers because they never thought they would live to celebrate this day together. We saw some who grew up here and left in disappointment say that they are now thinking of coming home coming home to a better Mississippi. Let them come. Come home and help us build a stronger Mississippi. As the bill moved to the Senate, greater deliberation on the floor began. Lawmakers against the bill argued it took away the consent of the people. Others, like Republican Melanie Sojourner of Natchez, questioned the act, saying it set history aside. In an exchange on the Senate floor with bill presenter Briggs Hobson of Vicksburg, Sojourner worried that removing history would also remove the ability to have a conversation. When we remove our history or set our history aside, then we lose the opportunity to educate and inform and to have a conversation about what the true meaning of things are. You know, we've talked a lot this week about talking to our children. And the reason that I stand and take these positions is because of my children and because of my family. And I want to know that we're looking at things for their true meaning. If we look back 60 years ago, that is one of the darkest, most terrible times in our state's history despicable people doing despicable things. And I just am concerned that if we remove things, we don't have the opportunity to have the conversations. And then also if we remove things, not for their historical purpose, but because of a fringe group that did awful things 60 years ago, then we are validating that group. Do you not think that if we make this move for that effort, we're validating those people? And I don't ever want to be seen as validating anything that happened in the 1960s. Well, I've got a lot of responses to that. And first is uh, when you talk about removing symbols and things, I, I've said before, look, if anybody wants to get rid of a monument, Confederate or Union or anything, uh, I would love to talk to the military park in Vicksburg to see if they've got a place for it because I think that story needs to be told. I don't think we ever need to erase the history. Painful as it may be, we do not need to erase history in our state. And we've got a wonderful museum of history about two or three blocks from here. I'd love to see this flag displayed and the story told. For better or for worse, the story needs to be told. I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think we have an opportunity to help tell that story even better instead of a flag that people look at and say, 
I don't, I don't like that. It hurts me. It offends me. That, and, and I don't mean just people who are easily offended. I mean a flag that's not representative of our people. We can go to a history museum. We can go to a battleground. We can go to a lot of places and see history. And I couldn't agree more with you that we need to tell that story. People do not need to forget what happened in this country, both, and let's just put it for Mississippi purposes, both for the Civil War and for the Civil Rights era. Two of the biggest things that ever happened in this state are those two uh, events, if you will. And we never need to stop telling the story of either one of those because it's so critical to who we are now. And just because we change that piece of cloth to something that's more unifying for our state doesn't mean we discontinue the story of history of our state because we've got a rich and beautiful, sometimes painful story in our state. But I want it told so people can understand where we came from. Other senators stepped to the podium to weigh in on the gravity of the moment, including Juan Barnett and John Horn. In a moment that received noticeable reaction from the gallery, Senator David Jordan called on his colleagues to, to join in Mississippi's metamorphosis. It is time for the three million people of this state to come, come together and make our state a, 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 a great state. We have great potentials. We have the two best museums in this country that drive shows the history. But sometimes it's been rough for people came up in my generation. So this is a glorious day because we have a potential to do what is right and what is just for all three million of us. And we can be successful at doing it. And the sky won't fall. So let's pass this because it's the right thing to do. Let's show the other 49 states that we are undergoing a metamorphosis and we're going to show them cohesiveness and we can do it. Let's stop blundering. In 2001, I had a chance to speak up in the Delta on the flag. And Governor Winter was there, and the things they said about Governor Winter made me angry. And then when I got up to speak, someone from the Klan hollered, Watermelon! Uh, that's supposed to be an embarrassing insinuating that African-American eat the fruit. I don't know many Mississippi Southerners who don't like watermelon, and you don't either. So let's go ahead and vote this historical flag in, and let's build our state, and let's make it an oasis, and we have potential to do it. So let's move and get it done now. Now is the time. Thank you. The bill now goes to the desk of Governor Tate Reeves, who has recently indicated he would not stand in the way if legislators whip up a supermajority to change the flag. The bill stipulates a committee will be formed to design a new flag for the public to vote on during the general election in November. The design committee will be comprised of nine members, three appointed by the Speaker of the House, three by the Lieutenant Governor, and three by the Governor. The Governor's appointees must be representatives from the Mississippi Economic Council, the Mississippi Arts Commission, and the Board of the Mississippi Department of Archives and History. The committee must present a design to the legislature by September. 
September 14th, 2020, to be placed on the ballot for the November 3rd, 2020 election. If a majority of the electorate approve the design, the legislature will officially adopt it during the 2021 session. If the design fails, the process will begin again with a different design presented for vote during the November 2021 special election. Coming up, reactions from Mississippians on the historic decision to remove the Confederate emblem from the state's official banner. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The reaction to the Mississippi legislature's vote to change the flag spread across national news broadcasts and reached trending status on social media. But closer to home, those reactions were more personal and in ways more visceral. Sharon Brown with Flag for All Mississippians has been working to change the flag since 2015. But she tells our Kobe Vance she will not stop at this victory. I, I wanted um, to be not a moment to just sit and celebrate right there and stop right there in that moment, but I really want the real work to begin to come to the citizens of Mississippi for us to begin to unify, you know, uh, hopefully with with the Confederate emblem removed off our flag, we can begin to see better, bigger, and greater economic opportunities, and our children can remain in the state. So removing the flag will open up more doors for change down the road? I think so. I think so. I think it will be a flag um, that can lead to really Mississippi coming into the 21st century. I know, you know, some things as far as hatred and what the symbol stands for, that's embedded within the heart. But at least we don't have a constant reminder of that particular hatred. Paloma Wu with the Mississippi Center for Justice is also celebrating the historic vote. She says this is the first step in confronting institutional racism in Mississippi. It's it's an incredible first step in the journey towards confronting institutional racism in a journey towards making it so that everybody in Mississippi feels proud when they look at the flag waving above our most powerful institutions of government in Mississippi, not having to wonder whether or not we're willing to take all of the next steps forward, um, which we need to take in order to, to move Mississippi forward. So this is an, it's a, it's an incredible day. It's an incredible day. It's a first step. And you've been out here for several hours. You know, what were your thoughts throughout the day? And then now that you've heard this, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling like um, a, a sense of the future and hope for the future that I think I didn't, I did not um, imagine might be as close as it is right now. And truly, you know, African Americans in Mississippi are 40 percent, you know, White people in Mississippi, um, you know, stood with, you know, their brothers and sisters today and said enough is enough and we're going to go forward and we need a flag that represents everybody. And 
that's what Mississippi did today, and people should be proud of, you know, acknowledging that everybody exists and deserves, um, you know, a, a flag that flies high above the Capitol and the Secretary of State, and I'm looking at a, tons of these flags right now. Um, and just knowing that, um, you know, we're going to do better, it means a lot. And um, also, you mentioned the future. You know, this is, you mentioned this is pulling the future closer to us now. Do you think this is going to open the door for more legislative processes to happen to continue pushing towards uh, racial justice in Mississippi? Tomorrow we're going to wake up and the sky didn't fall. And what happened was the majority of the representatives, elected representatives of Mississippi, stood for racial justice. They stood for a future of unity. And the sky didn't fall. So what else can we do as a majority of Mississippians who are, in fact, in favor of racial equality? What more can we do to make Mississippi better? What else can we do when we wake up tomorrow and actually work together towards confronting institutionalized racism and letting go of, you know, a, a history of, of, of enslavement that we're actually not proud of. I mean, my my family, like many other people's family, we have, fam have a family who are on the wrong side of history, and this half my family's from the South. We we are ready to do something better for her, our kids, um, and today was the first step. Paloma Wu is with the Mississippi Center for Justice. Not everyone is celebrating the removal of the Confederate battle flag. Lee Anglada of Biloxi says Mississippians should have been allowed to vote on the issue. Because the legislators are taking away our, our voice, are taking away our vote, they're doing behind closed doors, and the governor promised us that he was not going to. That was one of his campaign things he talked about. He said, I don't believe this should be a backroom deal done by legislatures. It should be uh, voted on by the people. Apparently, though, that has changed. He's changed his mind, which is not unusual for a lot of politicians as they get elected. Um, so feel um, to have that um, vote taken away from me. Something got stole from me. You know, the vote, everybody here, they didn't get to make a choice. And then um, if you had a chance to vote, how would you vote? I would vote to keep it. Um, it's, I do not believe it is anything racist. It's not about hatred. I have a relative who fought in the Civil War and is buried in his uniform in a Biloxi Cemetery. Mississippi voters will have an up or down vote on a newly designed Mississippi flag this November. Coming up, what one Mississippi mayor is doing to combat the recent spike in coronavirus cases. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. 
Coronavirus hospitalizations in Mississippi continue to rise across the state, and health officials are concerned that the state's health care system could soon be overwhelmed. In response, one mayor is taking measures to enforce public safety guidelines. Mayor Jason Shelton of Tupelo says residents will be under an executive order requiring them to wear a mask in public buildings. He tells our Kobe Vance how part of fighting the virus is confronting the politicization of mask wearing. One of the things that we did was create the Tupelo Economic Recovery Task Force. Uh, That included representatives from North Mississippi Medical Center here in Tupelo. Uh, What I have received uh, this week is a request from both the North Mississippi Medical Center and the Tupelo Economic Recovery Task Force to institute a mask policy um, by executive order here in the city of Tupelo. So uh, we don't have it finalized yet, but uh, the request um, made by North Mississippi Medical Center and the Tupelo Economic Recovery Task Force was due to the spike in cases here locally, and uh, that's what has led to uh, this action being taken. What are your concerns as mayor to see that kind of spike in your city? It's very uh, troublesome, you know, uh, to to see that. Um, you know, it's um, it's something that for for whatever reason, uh, a big segment of the population here locally and all across the country just uh, don't they don't take uh, COVID seriously. There's still people that consider it a hoax. There are people that um, uh, you know they think that. Every reporting entity in the country apparently is lying about the numbers. And, um, you know, it it just sort of, it defies logic, but that's the situation that we're in. We're in a situation where uh, it's almost political as to whether you believe the science and the the doctors and the um, health professionals that are reporting uh, the number of cases and making the recommendations of uh, whether to follow you know, the safety guidelines. So, you know, here in Tupelo, we're going to listen to the doctors and healthcare professionals and listen to the scientists and do everything that we can to keep our community safe. For people out there that do think this is a political a political problem, and now that your city could be requiring to wear a mask, what would you tell residents who are skeptical? Well, you know, the um, the the luxury that we have here in Tupelo is we have got uh, the North Mississippi Medical Center, the largest rural hospital in the country, uh, Baldridge Award winner, uh, you know, more accolades than you can count. You know, they're widely respected in the community. Um, you know, that's where we're getting the, the information uh, that we're, at the end of the day, relying on. Uh, so, you know, our local hospital is not making up statistics to get people to wear a mask or take uh, COVID-19 seriously in the city of Tupelo and surrounding areas. And so um, what is it going to look like to have residents wearing masks? Like, uh, how, how would this be enforced and things like that? The enforcement is uh, is difficult. I mean, I, I can't uh, sugarcoat that. You know, it, it would be disingenuous to say that um, it would be easily enforced. Uh, I mean, it's just... Uh, in reality, going to have to be a little bit of the honor system. Uh, hopefully, uh, the businesses will help uh, make sure there's compliance. Uh, there's not going to be a penalty in the city of Tupelo if the, the business is not willing to help, but we are going to provide signage for uh, each of the businesses in Tupelo. The hospital 
has agreed to provide 30,000 masks to our community uh, you know, to help uh, businesses provide masks to customers and clients. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we'll get some buy-in. Hopefully the business community uh, will, will assist with this. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, hopefully that'll happen. As far as the other, we're not going to put an outdoor requirement. So walking up and down the sidewalks, there's not going to be the requirement. It's going to be uh, going into businesses. So uh, we're also looking at um, a couple of exceptions or exemptions for, uh, say, banks, for example, that have to worry about, um, you know, safety concerns with, with um, people coming in with masks. And then last thing is, um, what do you think is the responsibility of municipal governments uh, when it comes to enforcing things like the, or to add, adding these additional rules to protect their specific communities when the uh, when the state government doesn't want to overstep on those uh, on those boundaries? Yeah, you know, the, I've said this from the very beginning. Uh, the The ideal situation would be for the state to lead, the state to be more aggressive. I mean, you can. When you see the press conferences with Dr. Dobbs, I mean, you can see it in his face, you can hear it in his voice, the the frustration, um, you know, and uh, it would be the better uh, policy if the governor would be more proactive on a statewide basis to be more, um, you know, concerned with science and the healthcare professionals uh, than the politics, but that's that's just where we're at. So as local officials, uh, we've got to do all that we can to uh, keep our community safe. Jason Shelton is mayor of Tupelo. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter, and fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.